Welcome to the Change Agents Podcast with your host, Tracy V. Allen, social enterprise and small business funding strategist and the owner of TVA Consulting Group. The Change Agents Podcast is about empowering change agents, social entrepreneurs, social enterprises, and nonprofits with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts needed to design, build, and fund their social ventures. Hi, Change Agents, and welcome to Season 2 of Mission Impact Series. Mission Impact Series is a podcast that helps your company find the breadth of opportunities in every moment to create impact with two of the wittiest, smartest, and most innovative people in social good, Tracy V. Allen and Ty Boone. This podcast is perfect for businesses and organizations of all types, And our lineup of topics discussed through strategic storytelling will keep you interested in coming back for more. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mission Impact Series with Ty Boone and Tracy V. Allen. Um, We have been gone for a long time, but we are back. And we are going to be talking today about the state of social impact businesses in the United States right now in 2022, because a lot has changed over the last year. A lot has changed because of the pandemic. And um, so moving forward, things are looking a little different whether you're a social enterprise, a nonprofit organization, or an um, a social entrepreneur. Things look different and it operates differently. So Ty, you want to get started? Yeah. Hey, y'all. We have been going as, oh, it seems like forever because <laughs> I'm like, what is this clubhouse thing? <laughs> yeah. And Tracy, you, you are right. And, and, I, and I think where a lot of people miss the mark is that they don't pay attention, right? It's like Mm -hmm. they don't don't pay attention to the fact that things are changing. And, you know, the world itself is changing. So definitely, you know, how business is ran with, um, you know, social entrepreneurs and nonprofit organizations look a little bit different. One thing that I've I've noticed is that, you know, people are still, and this is what we're talking about, the state, (laughs) the state of this this mess that we're in, right? one thing that I've noticed that a lot of people were able to get COVID dollar, you know, COVID relief, rescue and response funds um, for their businesses and organizations over the past, I guess, year and a half um, with all these rescue dollars. And a lot of people got comfortable right there. Yep. Um, and are assuming or were at least for some period of time under the assumption that it's this is the change that this is going to mean that it's going to be easier for us to get this kind of funding. And I want to say that's not true. Um, not to scare anybody, but what I saw with a lot of the COVID dollars is that they were just so easy to get, you know, um, they were like, initially, initially, yeah, they, yep. initially, they were so easy to get. And I think that's why a lot of people got in trouble, right? <laughs> because it was just so easy to click on a button or, you know, even in the beginning, Tracy with PPP, they kind of tightened down on the process the second time around. Yep, the PPP the and the EIDL both. They really tightened up on the process. Yeah, but the, the first time it was just kind of like, oh, because the you know the country was in a panic, we didn't know what to do. Folk needed money, let's give them money, right? And that was it. And you know, I, I've had people even you know this week, Tracy, who come who come to me for grant writing, and they go, oh, well. 
I know I'm ready for this HRSA grant because I just got $300,000 in funding from my organization. Right. right. And I go, well, was that, was that COVID money? And they go, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's all grants are not created equal, honey. Right. <laughs> your, your COVID response dollars have no bearing on uh, this HRSA grant because you're not showing that you can manage it. Plus, you just got this yesterday, right? You got this last year or whatever. Um, for really no reason of impact, but just kind of because your organization was in a need. And that's not how we are going to see things moving forward. Yeah, I love that you started with the grants because that's kind of where I wanted to start as well, is with the state of grants has changed. And far too often, like you said, I have people calling me every week. If I don't get at least 20 calls a week about grant writing, I don't get any at all. And it's that I know that there's money out there I've seen someone else who have gotten it, but the grant atmosphere has changed tremendously from the COVID grant atmosphere. When COVID hit, like you said, the state was in a panic. Everybody was in a panic and a lot of corporations, and I'm going to talk about it from the um, for-profit business um, side of it, right? So the social entrepreneurs and the social enterprises a lot. And then we had a social justice going on because we had the reinsertion of the Black Lives Matter. So a lot of organizations, big corporations was just throwing money at anything that had to do with social justice, anything that had to do with minority um, business improvement and um, anything that had to do with COVID. So there was a lot of money easy money out here in 2020 and the early part of 2021. And then corporations were like, okay, I'm, I'm just saying in my mind, they were like, okay, that's enough. And then the pool started drying up. And now, even when I look at the applications um, from, like you said, from then to now, the applications are completely completely different. Back then they were asking for very few requirements. Um, of the businesses that were applying. Now they've narrowed down. So they, they've kind of niched down um, on who specifically they want to give their funds to and the requirements that those people, those entities need to um, to match up to in order to apply for these grants. So it's not as simple. And then when we're talking about for-profit grants as well, it is very competitive, even more competitive, I would want to say, than nonprofit organizations, because the requirements for a nonprofit organization are always strict, right? And it's always about impact. But now like they're narrowing down, but the ones that are out there so many people are applying for it all at the same time. Like you really have to stand out from the crowd. You have to be like that red umbrella in a sea of black. You know what I mean? That everyone, or a sea of white, that everyone can see in order to be um, a good candidate for these grants. And that's what people don't understand. They're like, okay, there's an opportunity. So it's available. So let's go get it. Like it's like everybody is, but the competition is high. Right. The competition is a lot higher. I've also noticed. And even though this question was there before, I've seen it a lot more lately. The question about sustainability. Yes. Right. Um, yes. Sustain because every grant application I've, I think I've filled out in the last maybe <clears throat> four to six months mm -hmm. has asked that question. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it's because and I think things like, you know, the pandemic 
prompted that question to be a more permanent a standard question now (laughs) we gotta have have this question in here because what happens if another pandemic comes about you know we talked about um you know disaster preparedness and um you know things like that but what how are you taking advantage of the resources that you have right now to move forward in the event that something like a pandemic reoccurs right what are or I don't know if we're going to get out of this thing or not, but what happens or how do you sustain moving forward? And if you don't have a good answer to that question, we might give you our money. Right. And that sustainability piece is key because rightfully so businesses should have had a sustainability plan in, in, um, in, in place from the very beginning. Okay. So you didn't that happens. Sometimes we're not perfect. We didn't have a sustainability plan in place. But right now, considering what has happened in the last two years, like Ty said, every grant application that I've seen, almost every single one thus far, has asked about your sustainability plan. They don't want to know the full um, spectrum of it, but they want to know that you have some plan that you can pivot right? In case something happens. And some of them even ask that question. I've seen grant applications where they're asking you, hey, if you have something should happen in the business or something should happen in the country, what is your plans for pivoting to the left or pivoting to the right? And that is something that we need to start thinking about as standard business practices. And that's one of the things that um, that I think we could talk about maybe at a later time is multiple streams of income for your business, because that's where the pivoting happens. That's where the sustainability happens. That's where the capacity building happens. And if you listen to us, we talk about sustainability, capacity building, or all the time, right? An impact. And that is where it happens is having multiple streams of income. So for me now, when we're talking about where the state of um, social enterprise, um, social impact businesses are, when they come to me and all they want to talk about is grant writing, I always pivot the conversation to how can we raise funds? How can we develop a funding plan for sustainability? Right. Because I can write, I've been writing grants for 25 years and I can write you the best grant possible, but it does not mean it's going to be funded because I am not the one funding the grants. So, but I can help you. I can guarantee you that if you follow this um, prescribed plan for fundability, I can get you your business to sustainability and capacity. And almost nobody wants the process, right? That's because it's hard. <laughs> like, no, what do you mean? And, you know, and I'm always present, diversify your funding plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, like, wh- where are the grants? I need grants. I need, <laughs> yep. I need, um, and we always have to go back to this conversation, Tracy, where you're like, okay, well, grants are not. In fact, you, if you're watching the trends, a lot of the things that you're doing, they're not going to be grant funds available for it at all. That is another thing too. You're right. There is not a lot of grant funds available for the things that a lot of people are coming to, I guess you and I both for, there's just not any funding for that particular thing. And you know why? Because right now impact is priority, right? Right. Changing people's lives, changing situations, changing their environments, changing their... Mm -hmm. The transformative effect is absolutely a priority. Ty, did you go away?
Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> like my power, my power blanked out and blanked, it came back on, and y'all know. Oh, okay. And I'm on Wi-Fi, so I had now I'm back on, but I'll just stay off Wi-Fi. But I was saying, um, I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? You were talking about the transformative <laughs> effects. Yeah, yeah, actually create, creating the transformation and an impact on what you're doing. You know, people are coming to me, Tracy, and they're wanting grants for to expand their t-shirt business, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my question is, how well, how does this benefit the community? If you're going to get a grant for it, now, how does this benefit the community? When you keep telling me what your bottom line is to create this empire, this t-shirt empire for you and your family, that's not the community. That's you. Right. And people get offended when I say that to them. Um, I don't know about you, but every time I say, you know, that has nothing to do with community impact. That's just lining your pocket and making a better life for your um, family. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. But not when you're coming looking for grant funds that are associated to social impact businesses. There has to be a community transformative aspect to whatever it is that you do. Starting traditional for-profit businesses right. and That's slapping the name social enterprise on it. And I wanted to talk about that too. So great thing okay. that you brought that up. Yeah. Um <laughs> So I'm kind of like the social enterprise guru, like, you know, so everybody knows I talk about social enterprises all the time because I think it's a great business model. And that is exactly what it is, a business model um, for running a business that doesn't want to be a nonprofit organization, um, but wants to be able to handle it, have some autonomy in their business, but still wants to impact the community. And what I'm seeing a lot is a lot of people, like we said earlier, they're coming to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a social enterprise. So I'm like, okay, so what's your social impact model? Uh, And it's like a deer caught in the headlight. They cannot explain it. And I'm like, social enterprise is not just a word. It's not a buzzword that you just throw around. Whatever you're doing to impact the community that you chose not to start that nonprofit for has to be deeply ingrained into your business. It should be part of your business planning process, you know, and you need to know how you're going to support it. How much money is going to your for-profit? What are you going to do on the social aspect? Um, How are you going to fund that social aspect? What, What is the what type of impact do you um, intend on creating in that social aspect of your business? How many people do you intend to impact in one year? All of those things have to be thought out and thought through and ingrained again into your business model for it to be a true social impact business. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, you know, a lot of what I'm saying, hey, we're going to start a for-profit business. The for-profit business is not doing what it should be doing. I heard you get more money as a non-profit or something right. on the side. And, we'll, and then and we'll do it that way. But the, the amount of planning, because now you're kind of, you're merging two things, right? So the amount of planning that you have to do has doubled. The amount of work that you have to do is, is doubled. Right. And I tell people that even with a social impact, with a social enterprise, 
you are doing double the work. You literally are technically running two businesses. No matter how much you try to intertwine them, you still have to think about the social impact that you want to create in the community. And then you have to think over here about the profit you want to create in your business, you know? So it does take a lot of work and planning to get to capacity. It takes a lot of work and planning to get to sustainability. It takes a lot of networking. And when we talk about that, um, that's where people tend to like take pause, right? So that's the next thing that I, I think we should talk about is that um, relationship building aspect. That's not going anywhere, people. And I've seen a lot of grant applications because we got, always got to go back to the grant applications, right? I'm seeing a lot of grant applications asking about your um, your own social impact, your own social network. I don't know if you're seeing that on the nonprofit grant applications, but they're asking about that. They want to see that you are actually out here promoting your business, talking about your business, making connections with other people. And if you're not doing that, then you're not um, you're not. Um, infusing confidence in the grantor that you are going to be able to manage this fund effectively. So mm -hmm. they are asking questions about it. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of the grants that I've had to fill out, like we've had to stop and pause and go back and fill in the blanks for places that they are not strong in, right? So that's why grant readiness assessments are so important. Yeah, I, I did a personal reference for someone yesterday and mm -hmm. the first question on there was how does how does this person's work impact his community right right mm -hmm. and so you really have to think about that like what are you, the thing that you are doing are you really making a difference with yes. what you're doing and that goes so, right back to what data collection that's right are you measuring it yep. all day right mm -hmm. There's just certain things in um, a, a social impact business that you just can't get around. And data is another one of those things. You cannot get around it. You have to build relationships. You have to monitor those relationships to see if those relationships are even fruitful. Um, you have to be able to um, build a narrative around how those relationships help you to further your cause and impact your community. And it's all about just that data collection and being able to utilize data effectively when you're writing um, proposals or you're pitching. And that's one of the things I talk about a lot about on the, um, the social entrepreneurship or social enterprise side of the business, because a lot of the funding for those businesses moving forward, as we're talking about trends, are based around pitch competitions, mm -hmm. right? And, and in a pitch competition to be effective, to stand out again from the crowd, you have to be able to talk about statistics and you have to be able to show how those statistics impact the way you make decisions in that business. Mm -hmm. yeah, a little bit more you know, about partnerships, don't be afraid of them because that, sometimes we get so territorial yes. and we want to form partnerships. Of course, you, you want to be careful about who you form a partnership with, but even then coming into the partnership and knowing what kind of data is important in this partnership, what should we be looking at as a collective so that we can report actual impact or we can show actual impact as we work together. Because a funder just wants to know that, hey, we get the biggest bank wrap up. So they know that you're working with, you know, other organizations, other 
you know, community-based organizations or other social enterprises or entrepreneurs, and like, okay, well, if I can, I can give them some money, and it's going to serve more than this group of people that they want to serve. It's going to expand yeah. our reach. Scalability, right? And replicability, being able to re- um, replicate whatever it is that you're doing in another town, another state, another, you know, country. That is the measure of success that a lot of... Um, Funders are now starting to ask about, at least in the social enterprise arena, they're asking about, is your programs or services, can you um, replicate them somewhere else? Because that is a measure of uh, success. That is a measure that you've gotten to the point where, you know, you are stable enough to move into another territory that needs the services you provide. So many years, you know, years and years ago, where this was the fo- the focus initially for funding mm-hmm. was okay. If you were to do something, a project, a program, or initiative, or whatever in your state with this community, this population, can we take that across the country and do the same thing and have the same res- kind of results? Right. right? Mm-hmm. Then we kind of drifted away from that because everybody got wild. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's just start doing stuff. Like, we don't know if, it's, if you can replicate this or not. We're just doing stuff. We just want money. But once you figure out that the thing that you are doing can be something that's replicable across the country or in another area that has a similar population, because you have to know who you're serving. Right. Right. Because what, what's good for this population may not be good for the next if the characteristics of that population are not the same. So you want to know, you know, and, and this and this is how you approach it, even when you're trying to figure out what it is you want to do um, as a social impact business. Who do you want to serve? Is this problem that you're trying to solve? Because everything goes back to the problem. Does it exist somewhere else? Because if it doesn't, then, you know, you're, the, the chances that people are going to be pouring a whole lot of money, at, you know. And when money. you're talking about... Um, um, programs and services being able to be replicated, they're also looking at flexibility, right? So like you said, if you go into another um, community, maybe they have the same problem that you're serving in your current community, but because of cultural differences, right? Or um, something else, some other type of factor, the way you deliver the services in this community may not specifically be able to be delivered in that community. So can you tweak your programs or services to same program, same services, but the way certain aspects of the way you deliver it needs to be different. Are you flexible? Is your program flexible enough to accommodate that? That is something else I've been been seeing as well. And that's when you have to be, you have to recognize when it's time to, to bring in, you know, uh, somebody who is an expert in cultural competence, right? Um, and, and, cultural sensitivity, and we forget about all of that stuff, right? We're like, okay, well, let's just go over here and, and do this over here, but let's, well, is the language the same? Uh, you know, do people on this side of town gravitate to those kind of things? Is it more important for people on this side of town? Well, you can still have the same kind of shell for your program, but you have to bring in those cultural components um, that make it work. Yeah, that appeals to that audience. So... I think that's it for me. I Those were the key points that I wanted to make about what's going on right now that people, I think people should know about. Yeah, we got to talk about uh, 
diversity included, you know, equity and, and access, and people are all confused about all that. We can talk about that one next time. Yeah, <laughs> we could definitely talk about that one next one time because that's not going anywhere. The cultural competency thing made me think about that. Yeah, because that definitely isn't going anywhere. So, all right, thank you for joining us today. Okay, change agents, thank you for joining me today. And remember, there's someone in your community that is waiting for the programs and services that you provide, and it is your responsibility to make sure you get it right. Until next time, have a great day.